June is Pride Month and it's never too late to come out, says a 90-year-old man. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Welcome to TFG Unbuttoned. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Tim Bennett. Find us every Tuesday if you subscribe, like, and rate us. And also check out our Wednesday show, 1 to 2 p.m. live, Eastern Standard Time, on YouTube and Facebook. And focusgroupradio.com is where we would like you to go to learn all about us, our show, and, of course, all the media is there. Our Wednesday show, our Tuesday podcast on Button, and, of course, as I said earlier, stuff about us and our sponsors. So welcome to the new week, Tim. Thank you, Mr. Nash. How are you? I'm doing very good. Summer arrived. Uh, it arrived. So <laughs> <laughs> summer arrived. I, I, I feel like we've lost track of our time because I've not seen you now. Probably, I mean, you and I talk every day, but physically, I think the last time you and I were physically together was February. Um, it was the. It could be the last week of February or the first week of March, where we were in studio. Uh, you came up, we had our normal TikTok diner, we were talking about a lot of stuff, and then uh, the coronavirus hit, and that was that. We've been doing everything, well, we always do unbuttoned remote uh, right. anyway, but the main show we had, yeah, so uh, so Saturday was the longest day of the year. Now, you know that I share my my dread of the longest day of the year with our former executive we, we worked with at, uh, well, he's still there, but we used to work with a guy over at Sirius who, like me, his favorite day of the year is the shortest day of the year, which is in December, because then it's all uphill (laughs) from there. This year, though, um, I've decided to celebrate all these long days because this has been such a wacky year, man. And um, and that's an understatement. (laughs) So do you you know this better than better than I do you do you lose? Is it 30 seconds or a minute every day now going toward December or how yeah, does that work? I, I tend to think it's it's almost a minute. That's how I do it in my head. So, you know, 30, you know, 30 days from now, it's going to be a half hour. Sunset will happen 25 or 30 minutes earlier than earlier. it did on Saturday and so and so and so. Uh, but what I meant by summer's arrived, I mean, normally upstate, we get this couple of weeks where the weather is in the 80s and it's dry. You know, and it's like, wow, this is summer, man. Lately, we've been 90, 91. Humidity has been bumping into that oppressive, not quite there, but enough that you're uncomfortable. And I'm like, right. wow, this is July weather. <laughs> but who knows, right? Wow. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, I'm still in Delaware, which uh, I'll be heading out shortly, I think. But it's, uh, it's been very nice here. It reminds me, three years ago, uh, when I was down here for a bit of time, it was a, I would say for sounding very gay, a glorious summer. There was very, um, very little humidity and uh, kind of sweatshirt weather at night. And it's been like that here. Now, this week, I guess it's supposed to finally get uh, get warm. But I feel as though we had no, we've had no, uh, no real spring. And because winter was so, so odd this year, particularly in the Northeast, it was very warm and, and uh, very little snow. So. Yeah, I spring well for all of us we were you know locked down mostly um we were here upstate we went back and forth a few times but it was it was cold and wet cool and wet all the way into may i mean i i think even the third week of may i was like wow this is this is going to be a really cold summer but but it's here officially and um you know we're going to be in town actually for a few days and i'm 
thinking, since I hear the truck go by all the time, there's an ice cream truck that serves soft serve. And I always hear the We're in the city? Our neighborhood has lots of kids. In this great in the city this happens? Mm-hmm. Oh, I miss the good humor truck. It's it's I say it's like a Mr. Softy, to be honest with you. And um we were wondering if you could do this. Like, are you allowed to do this? But it's outdoors. I mean, the guy has gloves on. He hands you the ice cream cone through the window. You're there's, you know, you're you're a few feet away or whatever. So I thought it's probably perfectly safe to have a soft serve, and I, I'm dying to have a small vanilla cone. And it, every time that music plays, and I look out the window, and you know, it, it's like Peter Pan. The kids oh, yeah. run. The kids look at their parents. <laughs> you see no, the fathers I, or mothers reaching into their bags to get a buck or something. Now I'm a little shocked by you saying you're you'd like to have a vanilla cone. I, I thought you were the chocolate guy, or do you like vanilla ice cream? Love favorite flavor ice cream is vanilla. Really? And uh, yeah, but dark chocolate is that's surprising. If if it's going to be a solid, tasty kind of treat, it's better. It's going to be dark chocolate. But uh, vanilla, yum! You could vanilla is great. You hey, what was it? Two years ago, we did the ice cream trip through Pennsylvania, and we went on search of the best vanilla ice cream. I think the uh, the as what does your dad say? The Amish. The Amish. <laughs> they make the best. They make the best. Well, vanilla is also by far, I think, in terms of we did this on a Tim's list one time many years ago, but vanilla by far is the most popular flavor by leaps and bounds of anything. I when I worked at Baskin Robbins loading trucks, if you were short one or two tubs on an 18 wheeler, actually a dozen tubs or whatever, they always said just throw vanilla on. Vanilla moves quick. It's like sixty percent throughput of vanilla and then all the other flavors trickle down to make up a hundred percent. But vanilla What's your second favorite flavor. For me, I like, uh, you know, it depends, a good mint chocolate chip, or I like butter pecan or butter pecan, as they say in Connecticut. Listeners, you can tell we grew up about uh, 10 miles apart because I was literally going to say mint chocolate chip and then butter pecan. (laughs) But you know what I really do love, and I can't find it here, and it's funny you're bringing this up because I tried looking yesterday. There's a, a place here that's doing some sort of crafty homemade ice cream which is something I I would like to try to do myself as a hobby. But when I was a little kid and I would go up to Nova Scotia or New Brunswick to see family, I would always get a maple walnut ice cream cone or an orange or or an orange pineapple, which you can't seem to get in the States. And once in a while, they had a lemon ice cream, not sherbet. These were ice creams, orange ice cream, lemon ice cream, or maple walnut, which you can't seem to find here. So the orange and the lemon were the consistency of ice cream not sherbet, right? It was like, like a sherbet. vanilla. It was like a vanilla, like but it was flavored, look, right, with orange or lemon, and it was yeah, for whatever reason the United States doesn't sell it. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so. and then I, I also think maple walnut's delicious. That, yeah. That's like a, and that almost reminds me of you have to go north to get that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's, a gunquay. Come to the Brewer County Fair, fun for Sissy <laughs> and Junior, Brewer yeah. County, Brewer Maine. on that note let's kick it off so we have a couple of uh short stories for you folks today um mostly fun and light and humorous uh although if you were on this particular flight uh that i'm going to be talking about you were not going to be in a good mood because (laughs) what happens is this uh plane makes an emergency landing after a wife discovers midair that her husband's having an affair so it was an iranian couple and uh, I think they were flying, to, they were on a Qatar Airways flight from Doha to Bali, and her husband was sleeping. She takes his phone. I don't know why she needed his phone, but then she takes his sleeping hand and she puts his thumb on <laughs> the home button because it's, you know, the thumbprint thing. 
the phone unlocks and what does do her wondering eyes perceive? But I suppose text messages, pictures, who knows what tipped her off to this. But she had been drinking a little bit on the flight. And uh, <laughs> then she wakes the husband up and they have a big fight. And in fact, according to the, the report, they misbehaved. They uh, when they tried to calm her down, she got out of hand. They eventually diverted the plane uh, to a place called Chennai in India airport in India. Then the flight continued on to Bali and they eventually got to their destination. But, um, you know, isn't that something? Did you watch the video? Did you watch the video of them trying to? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're trying to drag him off and he's yelling. What I don't you know, there's a couple of things here. I've. um, It's one of those. What would you do? And do you. It, I guess it's how we all behave, and and I guess depending on the circumstance, how you'd behave. I've caught partners in the past cheating, and sometimes I just kept it in the back of my head till the most opportune time, and other times I went right at it. And this one here, I think, might have been a time where you'd keep it as a good to know, and then spring it. But to make such a public scene about it, I thought was uh, kind of crazy, particularly when you're on a transcontinental flight and have to land somewhere, which, you know, is not going to be popular by any means. But I, th- so this goes to one of those, what would you do? W- 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 would you keep it to yourself or would you have, would yeah, you have reacted yeah. you like you know she what? did? My, I guess the thing for me when I read this was, A, you're, I don't know how people feel about this, but wallets and phones to me are kind of private. and. Yeah, you have a partner the whole bit. And it's not like we're keeping secrets, but it's one of those things that's just your thing, you know? So she sees this information and she, inst- well, her reaction was fury and anger as opposed to that soft punch in the gut you get when you find out about someone and it's not what you were expecting, where she p- might have been quietly stewing for the rest of the flight and eventually said something, but she went the anger and fury route i would have been the second i would have done like hmm, what's going well, on she must here? have she must have <laughs> suspected something by the way she figured out how to open it up and and you said something smart there the, the wallet the computer the phone is a personal thing go ahead and look at it but be prepared for what you might find and yeah. then you have to understand what you did because as you said you know who knows there could be something taken very simply out of context that you texted somebody or you said something to someone and it could be totally misunderstood and that, that's the problem with a lot of these, a lot of this communication. So much of it is out of context. Not that this guy wasn't screwing around on his wife, but there are things that you could read and misinterpret. So don't don't mm-hmm. open something up unless you're prepared to uh, <laughs> to see something completely right. Our next article is also about the airlines. Um, you know, as we start opening up the country and people start going about doing business. There have been people who are flying on, on now I'm not going to say they're frequent flyers, but people have been traveling for uh, jobs or out of necessity. Um, and you see pictures of the airports that look like a paradise, you know, like two seconds through TSA or something like that. But basically to avoid um, f- um, contact with passengers beyond the welcome aboard and, you know, get, get into your seat. Many airlines are now getting rid of uh, drinking or alcohol altogether. Now, interestingly, alcohol is one of those things that really contributes to jet lag because you get dehydrated and that doesn't help you at all. So it's actually not a bad thing. But then I was finally remembering some of the flights where I'm like, oof, I could use a cocktail. <laughs> you know, you run through the air, whatever. So it's uh, it's starting in uh, some of these 
European countries, KLM, for example, EasyJet, uh, Delta Airline, American Airlines here in the U.S., and Asia's Virgin Australia are suspending all this alcohol service. I think they will allow it in flights over nine hours, which when you think about it, there there's a very slim slice of flights that are over right. nine and, hours. And right, and in first class. But I thought this was really, without them saying it, this was more a behavioral thing. Because I thought, okay, yes. you're, you're getting yeah. tuned up. You're more likely than to not want to put your mask on. You get belligerent. You get loosey-goosey with the rules. Because they are saying you can bring on your own soft drinks and bring on your own food. So you'd have your mask off to consume that. And you can have water and soft drink on the plane, too. So you would have to take your mask off for that. So whether you took your mask off to sip on a Diet Coke, to me, isn't much different than if I was sipping on a glass of wine. Maybe you have it off longer for wine because you're not drinking as quick. But this one, to me, I thought, why don't they just say it's a behavioral thing? That alcohol, they think, is is just not conducive to keeping everybody in order. Mm. You know, and when I was, I, I agree with you. And when I was reading the article, um, they did talk a lot about the masks and how it's pretty much uh, mandatory on all airlines that you wear that from start to finish. I thought about it for a minute and I thought, man, we're in a mask for like a six hour flight or a five hour, you know, like cross country, New York to LA or something. And I've been, you know, that's another, that's a whole nother show, possibly masks, right? Like there's the throwaway kind, there's the cloth kind. We actually ordered some from a company called Ledbury. Um, it's a shirt maker, but they, they're super comfortable, thin, barely know you're wearing it. But that's another whole thing is now we have to contend with. But back to my point is I'm not sure I have the pay. Well, I suppose you, you have to do it. But after a few hours, wouldn't that be uncomfortable? Well, a friend of mine just flew time? with his family from San Francisco to Boston. And he is, uh, he has a elementary school uh, kid, but he has two infants as well. And so the younger kids didn't. They kind of had the mask on. But he said that people were pretty good about adhering to it. But um, he said it's definitely a very different, different uh, world out there on the people looking at you and figuring out, you know, the whole mask thing. Also, the controlling, which they mentioned in this article, the use of the bathroom and uh, so managing the use of the toilet facilities, which that was always a problem for me when I took early morning long flights. I take a blood pressure medicine, which means I have to use the restroom a lot in the morning. And I used to always get kind of anxious of flying and I sometimes I would hold off and taking the medicine until I got halfway through the trip or something because sometimes they are pretty aggressive depending upon the flight crew about when you can use use the facilities or not and uh, I, I, I didn't even think about that on planes that's a whole they, those things are filthy right the bathrooms so you can imagine a bunch of people using a bathroom on a cross-country trip and how do you keep those clean well, I guess what they're going to do is um, they're going to control that and go in there and wipe it down or something. That's what it says. Flights. It says the it's, cruise will manage yeah. use of the toilet facility. And I thought, well, how do you decide? I really need to go or I want to go. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And our last article comes to us from, uh, I think it's Colorado, and it's uh, a gentleman named Kenneth Feltz. Uh, he's 90 and he just came out. Um, and what a way to celebrate Pride Month, right? So he's a former counselor and supervisor for the color for Colorado. He says he's known he was gay since he was 12, and he decided to finally go public while trying to write his memoirs during the COVID-19 pandemic. And while he was uh, revisiting memories and writing his memoirs, he began to remember his a romance that he had in the 50s with a man named Philip, who he, he identifies as his one true love. 
Now, that was the 50s, uh, and he qu- he's quoted as saying, coming out in the 50s, 60s, and 70s was horrendous. That was part of the reason I didn't even consider coming out. There was no gay community. There really wasn't gay organizations or anything. Uh, people who came out came out on their own without support, and I guess I didn't have the courage to face society at that time, so I just went ahead and buried it. Um, ultimately, he split with Philip and the two lost track of one another. I think that's an interesting detective story there. <laughs> Phil, he went on to marry, um, have a child, then he divorced. And the article says it this way, apropos of nothing, Felt's only child, a daughter, Rebecca, came out as lesbian herself in college. Uh, she's been very supportive. I think this is, part of me is like happy that he's out now at 90 and he's, uh, living his true life but he's, he's 90, 90 and it says he's very active in rate fundraising for the lgbt community and trying to make up for lost time and so forth but yeah i'm tired now i can't imagine at 90 trying to figure some things out what i wondered about this which they didn't really dig into maybe he didn't want to share was i wondered how soon after he got married did he divorce and when he did divorce was he dating men or was he in relationships with men and just wasn't open or out about it i guess because I, I thought did he just get married and then got divorced and then just kind of stayed at at a single existence or something. But I was trying to figure that piece out in the story. Had we written the story, we'd have dug dug a little deeper, perhaps. Yeah. (laughs) Well, have you been reporting it? Yeah. And and you bring up a great thing because I'm thinking to myself, what, did he just decide to be celibate? Did he not pursue this at all? Um, I I don't know that those urges in me would go uh, (laughs) unrequited for (laughs) 70 years or whatever it is i mean that's that's a fascinating thing and i i gravitated to the the one true love this guy named philip i wonder if he made any attempt to find out what happened to the guy yeah it's like a brokeback mountain yeah exactly so he says his message was live out proud and without fear don't underestimate your friends and family you'll be surprised how they may react and then i love this we may use this for somewhere else as a quote enjoy what you've got while you've got it because you've only got it once (laughs) I thought that was a great quote. <laughs> Thank you for, I highlighted that as well. I was like, what a great line, right? Because it's just another nice way of saying you can only count on the day yeah. you're given, so make the best of it, right? All right, as many of you know, uh, Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, is a partner of ours here on Button. We want to thank them for being part of the show since the start. We want to encourage you to visit them and start your shopping experience by going to focusgroupradio.com and clicking on the Critics' Choice video logo. The first thing I recommend that you do when you're there is to go into the upper left corner and request a catalog. It comes about every five weeks or so, and I call it the ultimate in nonlinear shopping. You don't have to know what you want, <laughs> but you're going to find something you do <laughs> when you flip through those pages. You know, I don't know why this popped up, but there was something that uh, just popped in my mind yesterday, and I poked around, and sure enough, it's there at uh, Critics' Choice Video. And it for me, it was the very first time I, I... It just brings a very warm feeling to me, and of summer, and of love, and of romance, and I thought it was way ahead of its time. It was the Disney film, The Parent Trap, with... With Haley Mills, where she, you know, the two sisters are separated. One's kind of, you know, Calif- right. They're twins, but they're they're the same person that plays double, which I thought was I couldn't figure out how I would always look at the screen and see if I could see the split in the screen when they were doing the doing the uh, 
doing the uh, filming. But it's about uh, you know these two twins that run into each other at a camp over the summer, realize that they're actually uh, they're actually sisters that were separated. One was with the mother, one was with the father. This was done in 1961. They try to put the parents back together. I was hoping so bad. I remember I was cheering along as you know a 12 year old or 10 year old or whatever about this thing when I first time when I first saw it. So they have it at Critics Choice Video. What's funny though, I didn't even know this existed. There's two movies in the DVD collection, the original, which is the best. And then there's a part two that has them as adult sisters and they're back to their Cupid mending ways in Parent Trap 2, which came out in 86. But you can get both of them, forget this, $5.99. So <laughs> <laughs> that's such an inexpensive price. It's so funny you you gravitated to this. We were flipping around the other night and um, we saw the end of the movie, The Courtship of Eddie's Father. Which, you know, that was Glenn Ford. Um, Shirley Jones plays the neighbor across the hall. And the little boy, Eddie, is oh, Ron gosh. Howard. That I mean, Ron Howard, right? He's, he's the luckiest this. man on earth. Well, not only is he, has he been a great child performer, he transitioned to director. His daughter is a, yeah. is a director now. I mean, yeah, pretty cool guy. But... That's another one of those things where he schemes to bring his father and the woman across the hall together, and he tries to thwart every other romance the father has until he decides he's going to uh, be with Shirley Jones. So, but you know, it's such a time capsule too. Yeah. There's a scene where Eddie runs away, come and his father finds him in New York at the at Shirley's apartment because that's he knows her, and Ron Howard comes in to apologize, little Eddie, and and there's a little talk and totally the 60s the father does not like scoop the boy up and give him a big hug instead he's like okay apology accepted now go to bed <laughs> doesn't that sound like the way we were parented <laughs> that's and that's the way it should be so head over to america's classic movie and tv authority it's critics choice video you'll get there by going to focusgroupradio.com while you're there you'll also find uh all of our audio and broadcast programming and be sure to join us Wednesday live at 1 p.m. East. If you go to focusgroupradio.com, you'll find where to watch us. Or you can go to our Facebook page, which is Focus Group Radio. Be sure to like us there and you'll get alerted every time we, we go live. So everyone have a good week and we'll see you next week. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.